<sighs> All this just to resurrect Vlad fucking Tepish? Let's talk about this multi-arcing slow burn as we cover season three of the Netflix anime series Castlevania this week on Shonen and Suds. Cody! Cody, we're back! How the hell are you, bud? Oh man, I am great. Uh, ready to put this one to bed and uh, move on to the next one, but I, man, I really enjoyed myself with this one. Um, Cody, I had a great, great time with Castlevania. Even this one, um, and we were kind of talking before we, uh, you know, before we kind of went on air here that uh, the season was very, like, I don't know. It was, there was a lot happening, and there were points where it was kind of boring, but I think the payoffs that we got at the end of the season were worth it. Like, I felt like they maybe they took a long they took the long way around to tell the stories they were telling, but I thought it was I still loved it. It was it was fucking better than some of the other stuff we watched. That for sure. That's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. And you you guys will hear about that when we get to our rankings later on. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit more of a slow burn. Um, but it was definitely more fleshed out more than any of the other seasons for sure. No, absolutely, and uh, you know, obviously, we're recording this on Monday. Um, I'm surprised I'm not hungover after watching my Tampa Bay Buccaneers make it to the Super Bowl. Cody, it's been almost 20 years. That's right, Chris. I feel I feel like I'm I'm like Dracula waiting in his castle, waiting for the fucking Buccaneers to get back to the Super Bowl. But I don't have to wait any longer because we're here. That's right. The wait is over. Uh, so congratulations. I, of course, my Steelers have been eliminated since the first round, but. Uh... I know that's a sore subject, but you know, like I said, Cody, we're back for another episode here of Shonen and Suds, and as always, in the driver's seat, I'm your host, Chris Adams. And I'm Cody Snodgrass. And, you know, again, like I said, welcome back. This is the final episode, for now, of Castlevania. And Cody, once again, you know, as we were talking and getting everything prepared, you uh, you found, like, a really interesting dirt sheet on uh on Castlevania here, like uh, something kind of interesting about the anime series that, you know, it's we kind of touched on like something very bare bones about it, uh, about Warren Ellis season four being his last one. But uh, Cody, as, as we started up, you were like, oh, shit, I think I see why season four is going to be Warren Ellis's last season. Yeah, I, I finally scrolled to towards the bottom of this uh, Wikipedia page oh. here. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, on March 27th, they announced that uh, the series would be renewed for a fourth season. Mm-hmm. And then, as expected, July thirty first, twenty twenty, it was reported that amid a wave of sexual misconduct allegations being leveled against the show's creator and showrunner Warren Ellis, he would no longer have any involvement in developing the series after season four. Huh. So, we, so like, that's, uh, we, we had very just, interesting. We had just touched on like, oh, the the writer is not going to be on season four. That's what we had, what we had talked mm-hmm. about before. That's all I had seen before. Because right, um, we were concerned, like, oh man. Uh, the the writer and like the one who's made this amazing show so far is not going to do it anymore, and that's that was a, a cause for concern. Yeah, now we see why, and it's like, oh, well, maybe he's just scum. I, <laughs> yeah, as it tur- as it turns out, I guess that is definitely the case. But uh, you know, obviously, we'll we'll find out more. Yeah, we'll just have to stick stick around, and uh, we'll hear, have to hear what happens with this uh, with season four because I wonder how much that's going to affect it. And then, obviously, of course, there's the COVID nineteen situation. So, I don't know. We'll just have Absolutely. to see what happens when we get season four, and uh, we'll keep you guys posted if we hear anything. So, 
Absolutely. But uh, but this week it's all about season three. And uh, like I said, it's kind of a slow burn. And that's just because, you know, a, this is our longest season we've had to dig. We, we got 10 episodes uh, this season, which is two more than season two, which of course was double what season one was. So we went four, eight, 10. So I guess season four, we're going to get 12 episodes, especially if they could potentially be wrapping this whole thing up if Warren Ellis isn't going to be around. But, you know, again, um, but I thought it was, I mean, what am I trying to say here, Cody? They were telling four different stories. And I thought overall, they wrapped them all up very nicely in this season. And they, like, they, they, they effectively wrapped up all of the stories, really, except for one of them. But I feel like the one they didn't wrap up is going to be the catalyst for season four. And of course, I'm talking about Hector at that point. That's really the only, his story is the only one that didn't really have almost like a finite ending. Yeah, I thought for what they did in 10 episodes, telling four separate stories is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. We've obviously covered anime on this show that can't cover one story in 26 episodes, but... Uh, yeah, you know. It's just really <laughs> great pacing. And Granted, this one was a little bit slower, but I think overall... I, overall, the pacing was good. And I think, you know, when you've got 10 episodes to work with, and maybe that's what it is, right? Like, we're so used to these these stories i mean you figure season one the story they told was very quick they only had four episodes to do it season two they told the same story in eight episodes now they've got a really another hour of at least another hour of time to work with with two additional episodes so maybe it's just like i've been trained by this show to expect a faster story and really in the grand scheme of things this is a, a short anime season yeah definitely uh yeah i'm dude i'm just excited I, I love the cliffhangers. Well, not so much cliffhangers, but just like what everything's leading up to. It seems like mm-hmm. there's going to be some kind of huge vampire war, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, Cody, let's go ahead and just dig right in. Um, we're going to open up this episode with, uh, I guess we're going to see some uh, some Alucard here, um, all yep. alone and by himself. Now, Chris, I'm going to have to stop you there. Uh, uh-huh. You said we're about to open up, and we got to open up one other thing, Chris. Oh my God, Cody! I forgot the most important part of the show. I I I, I scoobied when I should have doobied. That's right. I zigged when I should have zagged. Well, Chris, so, go ahead, sir. You you know you're correcting the ship here. I'm I'm just gonna correct it with this. <sighs> oh, that sounds heavenly. What are you drinking today, Cody? Chris, I uh. Like we said, we had talked a little bit about before the show that there was a big weekend of sports, obviously. We had the football games, we had UFC fights, we had hockey games all over the world. And, mm. uh, well, I drank all the Bud Light lemonades from the... <laughs> I imagine so. So I had to hit 7-Eleven on the way home. And today I got a Twisted Tea once again. Ooh. Uh, this time we got the peach nice. the peach flavor. So. Uh, oh, man, a nice little Bellini. Well done, sir. That's right, and this thing is great. Um, Ooh, nice. It's fantastic. Highly recommend any of the flavors of Twisted Tea so far. Uh, yeah, they're dangerously delicious. That's right. And uh, if you ever, you know, you, it's like a sidearm, really, with the with the meme video yeah. rolling around. If you ever, that's right. Anybody gets out of the line, you know what to do. Oh, absolutely! Just fucking like mighty Mjolnir coming out of the sky. The, the cans open with a crack, and it's like a crack of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Chris. Uh, but what about you? What are you drinking today? Well, you know, I'm, I'm still here celebrating Bell's Brewery being back in uh, Virginia. So I'm actually doubling down on the double IPAs here. Uh, Bell's makes a, um, they make a very popular 
uh, double IPA called Hop Slam. Um, it's very, very popular. It's usually highly sought after. Not so much anymore because the craft beer scene has kind of shifted to like this really hyper local kind of paradigm. But I'll, like when I first was introduced to Bell's Hop Slam, um, it's a double IPA with a little bit of honey. Um, really, really good. Ten and a half percent. Super, super solid beer. Um, but I just remember the little story behind this one is, man, when that stuff would come out, like you would have to follow the delivery trucks around to make sure you got it before it was gone. Because it would, it would, it was such small supply and, and such a high demand. Like when you're, when your beer stores or your grocery stores, if a grocery store could even get it, first of all, like if you weren't there within like the first half hour of the delivery getting there, oh, you just didn't get it that year. You just had to wait. They didn't have no pre-orders um, up for it. <laughs> no, not they. They started doing that after a while, but yeah, no pre-orders, no nothing like that. No, um, mi- no midnight release. <laughs> no, nah, no midnight release. Um, though some breweries did have like release parties where you had to actually go to the brewery to get it and stuff like that. You had to buy a ticket to go to the brewery um, to get it. Um, uh, for example, that if anybody's from uh, the uh, Indiana, the state of the People's Republic of Indiana. Uh, they have a brewery up there called Three Floyds, and they do their stout release. Uh, I don't know if they do it anymore. Again, I'm kind of out of the loop. Uh, their stout Dark Lord. They have a they have a, a day like a release day called Dark Lord Day. It's a ticketed event. Like you actually have to buy a ticket to go to this thing. Um, you have to buy a ticket or get a ticket to buy the beer. <laughs> so they, they got they got they got it. Uh, they, they've got that market cornered. You know what I mean? Oh, so that's that's some pretty sought after stuff there. And you said, oh, it is, it is. You said ten and a half percent. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm sipping on now. About ten and a half percent. And now it's a lot easier to find. But again, I'm just celebrating Bell's being back in Virginia. Right on, right. On. I, highly, highly fantastic beer. If you live in a state where that has Bell's, if you like double IPAs, Hop Slam is Hop Slam is kind of a master class in the America because the double IPAs are traditional, traditionally an American style. Um, it was they were really brewed by a uh, quick history lesson before we dig into you know the adventures of uh trevor and the gang um double ipas were pretty much a well is it double ipas or barley wines are a brewing mistake um pretty much i i can't and again here i was getting ready to tell an awesome story and i can't remember which direction it goes but <laughs> one of the two styles i, I want to say the barley wine is actually a mistake because someone was trying to brew a double ipa because um, again, double IPAs are American styles. They just took the traditional American IPA and they were like, well, what happens if we add more hops to it? What happens if we add more malt to it? All that stuff just increases the balance and it increases the alcohol level. So you just kind of get, it's kind of the beginnings of quote unquote extreme brewing. Um, but from what I understand, um, Sierra Nevada, I believe, no, no, uh, Wild P- Flying Pig, I believe was the name of the brewery in California. They were trying to mimic the okay that's how the double ipa came they were trying to mimic flying pig was trying to mimic sierra nevada's barley wine their bigfoot barley wine um they they just they got it wrong so they pretty much by default created the double ipa interesting i had had to think about it for a sec most uh most breweries most styles of brewing are usually have they're usually happy accidents so nothing wrong with that (laughs) Yeah, it's that ten and a half percent. That ten and a half percent is getting to you a little early here. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm all over the place. And speaking of all over the place, now we're segueing. 
Now, we've got four stories to cover here, Cody, and let's dive right into the first episode. Uh, now that I'm done going crazy, let's, let's get a, a quick peek at Alucard here, who is, in fact, losing his fucking marbles. That's right, Chris. It's been about a month since the since Dracula passed and the big battle happened. Um, mm-hmm. And he's basically, he's just really lonely. Um, yeah. So he's quarantining. <laughs> he's, he's stuck in quarantine like pretty much the rest of the fucking world. That's right. And it's actually, it's, it's funny that this show came out like, I'd say right before quarantine happened. Like, yeah, yeah, like right at the beginning. Like March 5th is the release date of this. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. Like that's where obviously later on we'll get to the toilet paper meme that uh, yes. very famous from the show. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he's just lonely. Uh, you see him, he kind of like he's drinking himself some wine, making himself some meals, and he's got like yeah, he's going out like picking berries and picking vegetables, like 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 foraging. Like oh, he's living like a, a quaint little life. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and he's got like a a stuffed Trevor and a stuffed Sifa oh doll God. that he like mimics and like pretends to talk like them and uh which is pretty funny (laughs) and then he's like oh my god i'm actually losing my fucking mind yeah he thinks he's just going insane um Mm -hmm. and then we flash over to trevor and sypha and they're still on their wagon that they they took off with as the last season was ending and uh they arrive uh, i'm sorry i shouldn't say they arrive here yet uh but they actually they kind of they come across some night creatures well, they know they're being pursued by these night creatures, so they're like, they're like, oh no, we're defenseless out here, and there's night creatures about. Whatever will we do? Yeah, they kind of trick the night creatures into, oh, uh, well, you could just come up on these guys. They won't be expecting this, and uh, yeah, wrong, fucking wrong. Yeah, they whip the shit out of them, and then they arrive at the town. See, of- that's funny. You said they whip the shit out of them, and. Trevor uses a whip. I, you know, God damn it, Cody! You're 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 just you're just a, a comedy genius. That, I, I didn't even realize I did that one. That's those are the uh, best. Uh, jokes that's right what there. they all say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they arrive in the small town of Lindenfeld, and um, mm-hmm. this is really where they spend their entire arc. Really, is yeah. at, at this town, um, and some you can interesting characters we meet in this town. Yeah, definitely some interesting ones. We're immediately introduced to like this local they call it a priory which i mm-hmm. i'd never heard that word in my life until this season so bear with me um but basically these guys sympathize with like dracula's cause um mm-hmm. like they trevor and sypha they had tied one of the the night creatures that they killed to the back of their wagon basically to like prove that, that they're like I don't know if they're that they're not to be messed with or like to be friends. I I don't know. They kind of just tie one to the back of the wagon just to like prevent trouble being caused for them. Um, mm-hmm. So a priory is a small monastery that's governed by a prior or a uh, a prioress. So like I guess if it's a nun, uh, it's like a, I guess a, what what not what what where are nuns at? They're at like a convent, right? I have no idea. I yeah. assume this was just like some like small kind of church group thing I don't yeah know. yeah it, it's usually uh like a it's like a small town that's pretty much run by a monastery okay yeah, well that, <laughs> I, I, I looked that up so now we know what a priory is there we go that's our vocab word of the day guys there it is priory you we're going to use it at least five times before this podcast is over oh at least and uh like like i said these guys are you can tell there's something off with these guys um mm-hmm. and we also get introduced to like the judge of the town he's basically like the quote-unquote like ruler of the town um 
And Cody, but, we're we're two seasons in, and I'm having a hard time trusting anybody who is uh, coming from any sort of religious uh, religious background in this show. So I'm I'm very guarded by all of these people. Oh yeah, about I, all of these people. Yeah, I don't trust anybody <laughs> anymore. Like nobody nope. in this show. Um, nope. And we also get introduced to this guy Saint Germain. Um, yeah. Which <clears throat> I know he's in one of the Castlevania games. I don't know which one, but I, I was watching another a YouTube video actually about the season, and the guy mentioned that he was like from I don't remember which game it was, but he's from the game, so he's like another crossover character into the show. Um, but we'll get back to all that because Chris, we're gonna go back to Carmilla's castle because she has yeah. returned home after walking for thirty days because uh, humans God. turns out humans killed all their horses and. <laughs> I don't know, yes. they, but uh, of course she still has Hector by the leash, and uh, we get introduced to like her her sisters, um, which it, they're, they're basically called the Council of Sisters. Uh, we got obviously Carmilla, Lenore, Striga, and Morana. And uh, oh, and uh, just real quick, uh, Saint Germain is in Castlevania: Curse of Darkness. The same. Curse game that uh heck that hector and isaac are from okay that's what it was i i knew it started with a c and i was like i don't want to say yep. castle of something because i'm it's already castlevania uh, okay. <laughs> but anyhow we get introduced to uh, carmilla's sisters and they all seem like you can't trust any of them either oh my god they're they're all conniving as fuck um one of them looks like she'll just pick you up put you in a box and eat you later yeah um but yeah and carmilla kind of brings them up to speed that like there's night creatures running rampant the humans have gone crazy like all the stuff that she's had to deal with on this pathway back uh, and she of course introduces them to Hector and tells him that he's a forge master and uh that's the only reason he's still alive yeah and um basically they're just gonna keep Hector as their as their prisoner and make him do their bidding or at least attempt to um mm. But yeah, like we said, back back in uh, Lindenfield, uh, we the leader of this priory, his name is Sala, and uh, dude, he is just one strange guy. He is like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't even know how to describe him. He's the weirdest character we've had, I think we've come across. Absolutely, and what, what makes it really weird is in a conversation with, uh, with uh, Trevor and Sypha, like, he knows that Dracula's dead. Mm-hmm. So Which, it's like, what? Yeah, it's How like, do you know that kind of thing? It's like, wait, wait, wait a goddamn minute here. Wait yeah. just a goddamn minute here, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, because like, I feel like the word hasn't spread of this really. Um, so yeah. yeah, you know, there's something going on here. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, before like anything escalates, because Salah like asks like who they are, and they kind of like disregard it. Like they don't want to say like their full names. Like Trevor and Cipher are just like, eh. We'll just, just a couple of passerbys. Yeah, we're, we're, just, we're, just, we're just passing by, and, the, and then yeah. the judge of Lindenfield he actually is like, "All right, prior move along," and then, mm-hmm. uh, and it seems like Chris. This is where we kind of find out because uh, Trevor goes and gets a beer from a nearby bartender, and mm-hmm. he uh, he says that it's better than sex, which oh uh, yeah, pretty much lands him in the doghouse with Sypha. So we know there's a relationship there now. Um, obviously, yeah, and we get to see that quite a bit in this season. Yeah, so they're a lot of titties in this season. That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we know that they're 
they're a little couple now, and uh, yeah, we're moving right along into, into episode two here. Yeah, we are. This first episode's a nice little intro. Uh, good pacing here. Um, and then I think, see, episode two, we uh, we're, we get um, we get to see what old, our old pal Isaac's been up to. That's right. Probably one of the coolest characters. Um, yeah, at least I in agree. my opinion. Um, and he's basically wanting to to get his revenge on Hector. He feels like he's been he's betrayed him. Um, mm-hmm. And he's got his his new army, which he started making in the last season. And uh, which, by the way, not to cut you off there, that's kind of the basic structure of the plot of Castlevania: Curse of Darkness. Oh, okay. Yeah, Isaac's the bad guy in the game, and you play as Hector. And Hector, um, in the game, pretty much, I want to say, like, Hector actually does betray Dracula and Isaac, and that's the whole kind of crux of the game. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, uh, Isaac, uh, he enters the shop, and it's owned by this, like, old blind man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, turns out the blind man has, like, he has one of those. The, one of those. He has like, a mirrors. A distance mirror, yeah. Because yeah. Hector's, or I'm sorry, Isaac is seeking one of the, like the transmission mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy has a distance mirror, which is like just a, a very small one. It's like in a little like little case thing. Um, and he's basically like super friendly to Isaac. He's like, yeah, you can just have it. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, okay. And then he goes outside, and of course, like the local authorities, they're all like got their spears drawn, and they're like, you guys got to get out of here. And he's like. Hey, look, I'm letting them leave. I just need to get a boat, and then I'm out of here. And, of course, they're like, no, you need to... You, you can't be here with your monstrosities, yada, yada, yada. Oh, oh man. This and is, then, this, it gets uh, ugly here, Cody. Yeah, unfortunately, Isaac's like, well, I was... Like, he... He thought that maybe there'd be, like, some, some friendly humans there, because he met the old blind man, gave him the mirror, um, but these guys, nah. So he... He unleashes his monsters, and they pretty much just slaughter everybody in the town. And uh, then they make their way to the dock, Chris. And uh, we meet a character that we just know as, at this point is just the captain. Um, and he's basically he's the owner of the ship that's at the dock. And uh, him and Isaac, they kind of have a, ch- a chat. And uh, the captain kind of persuades Isaac into letting him and his people live because he's going to need a crew to run to, fl- to, excuse me, to sail the ship. And uh, mm-hmm. Isaac wants to make his way to Genoa. Yep, and the uh, the captain's a very interesting character. Like he's he's very much kind of like the old man in the sense that like, yeah, he, he doesn't really care. He's like, he doesn't really care what's going on. He's like, look, I'll take you wherever you need to go. If you got the coin and you promise your your beasties won't eat my crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they kind of they they basically just decide to work together and. Mm-hmm. says alright bring all your, your demon monster things on my ship and we'll head off yep. to Genoa yep. uh, and I'm sure <laughs> and you can tell when the captain's like alright crew load them up and like the crew are all just like standing on the deck like uh okay yeah yeah. They're, they're, they don't look too thrilled about being on the boat with monsters but he, uh, mm-hmm. the captain gets Isaac to guarantee like their safety basically um and then we flash back over to Carmilla's castle, and she kind of shares her plans, basically, that she wants to block off, like, a huge chunk of Europe and, like, turning it into, like, mm-hmm. their own pen for, like, humans as livestock. Um, and yep, kind of just, like, where they wanted to leave off with the, um, I guess, the, the kind of the plot. Like, essentially just doing what Dracula should have been doing 
um, like what God brand wanted to do. Like they, we need these people as lives. Like literally what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and they'll have Hector. She, she plans to have Hector forge like these demons. Um, but Striga, her sister, she points out, she's like, he could just refuse that. And like, even if he does make these night creatures, like they obey him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lenore, one of her other sisters, she actually volunteers like, okay, well let me handle that. Cause you guys have your own, priorities that you got to take care of so let me handle basically like trying to get I or Hector onto their side um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> so we got that going on and then Chris we f- go back to old crazy town oh yes indeed and this is where we uh we, we get to see old Sypha and Trevor uh they're sharing sharing some sheets I see and that's right Chris uh, <laughs> and uh we Trevor also gets to meet this Saint Germain person um mm-hmm who instantly he like recognizes that he's a Belmont, um, and Saint Germain is yeah, recognized by your tunic, even though your tunic has uh, he's like your tunic has definitely seen better days or something like that. Yeah, and like the monks of the Priory, they also have like an interest in the last remaining Belmont, and uh, mm-hmm. Saint Germain basically he wants to get like he wants to figure out what these the like the Priory is up to. Um, but of course the leader Sala, the creepy, one of the creepiest guys of the show. Yeah. Beady eyes and a big old bushy beard. Yeah. He, he kind of doubts Jermaine's intentions. Um, mm-hmm. but then Jermaine kind of persuades his way and he's like, Oh, I got, I got these, these skills and I got this knowledge of Dracula. Yeah. Like I um, know stuff. Yeah. He's got, he's got like a, a wealth of knowledge that they could use. Um, yeah. And, so, and it's, and it's like, uh, it, it, it Sala's not able to understand, um, like any of that stuff because he just he doesn't uh he can't read the language that it's in mm-hmm. um so he gives him basically like allows saint germain to have limited access to the priory mm-hmm. uh, and then we flash back over to alucard and uh he's like getting some water he can sense there's two people nearby um and he kind of catches him off guard and uh turns out this is taka and sumi yeah and they're actually not there to hunt him. They're there to ask him for his help. Uh, they clearly know who he is. They address him as, like, the Alucard. Um, yep. And it turns out these two are actually part of Cho's, they, like, Cho's court in Japan. And Cho was... She uh, was in the... She was one of the ones that I believe that died in season two. One of the ones that got killed there in the, the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was in episode seven. Uh, yes, like, that's what I mean, episode 7. Yeah, like when they stormed Dracula's castle, uh, she was one of the ones that got killed. Um, and it turns out yeah. she basically had these two as slaves. Mm-hmm. And we'll dive more into their kind of sort of backstory here in a little bit. Um, but they basically just want Alucard to teach them how to fight vampires. Uh, yeah, pretty much show me the way, brother. Which is interesting. It's like you go to Dracula's son to find out how to kill vampires. Mm-hmm. Um nevertheless he, he he agrees to teach him so yeah i mean he's so damn lonely anybody could have shown up at this point yeah it's like hey uh can you teach us how to kill your people <laughs> like mm-hmm. essentially what they're asking um, yeah but anyhow moving on into uh episode three here um mm-hmm. so trevor and cypher they're kind of debating like what what they want to do next <clears throat> and um yeah, they, they kind of they they know something's not right here. They're like, oh, well, maybe we should just you know go kill more creatures. 
Um, but they they also kind of have this. I don't know, like not like a like a just a real kind of gut feeling that it's like. I think there's some people here that are like Dracula worshippers. Yeah, so they're they're definitely suspicious. Um, and then the judge kind of comes up upon him and he asks him, "Hey, why don't you come with me back to my house and we'll have some tea?" Yeah, um, kind of confirms their suspicions. Yeah, and they they fully introduce themselves, obviously, as a speaker in the last of the Belmont, and they tell him that he, they killed Dracula. <clears throat> and he yeah, basically get a nice little nice little background story here. Yeah, and he be, well he he recruits them to find out what's going on with the church, uh, and then like you said, we go into this background story. Um, it's basically like a group of night creatures attack Lindenfield, and uh, like the town managed to dispatch all the demons, uh, but there was one like giant night creature that had like these glowy eyes, and obviously like you could tell he was like the leader of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it went like crashing through the priory and uh it seems like it was like it wasn't killing the the monks inside it was like talking to them in like a different language mm-hmm. and we see like these lights coming out of the priory and like like there's clearly some some crazy shit going on in this priory um and that's yeah. where this all this pretty all much st- every day since it's been just like there's something there's something happening in there but that we can't go in and see yeah um and then since then uh prior sala like the leader of the group wouldn't allow any of the townspeople into the priory's hall um so yeah got got some some interesting stuff going on there and uh cypher cypher and trevor they excuse me they agree to to go and help out and try to find out what's going on in this priory um then we flash over to our boys isaac and the captain um and they're kind of having like a like a good talk. They're really like debating because it seems mm-hmm. like Isaac really wants to follow like the original plans that Dracula had set. Um, but the captain kind of he's like, well, what if you instead of like killing everybody, what if you like taught humans like to just like be better essentially? Um, so it, mm-hmm. Isaac kind of gets to see like the flip side of that coin. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I I think this captain's a very interesting character. Yeah, he definitely is. I wish we got to see a little bit more of him. Um, mm-hmm. But nevertheless, they're they're on their way to Genoa, and then back with at Carmilla's castle, Lenore, one of Carmilla's sisters, um, she comes up to Hector, and obviously he's in a cell, and he has literally nothing. He's just bare ass naked. <laughs> yep, with moldy food, nothing. Yeah, and she brings him like some food and. Uh, He's obviously a little weary of her because. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously he's surrounded by the enemy, so it's hard for him to do any like. It's it's hard for him not to be suspicious. Um, so oh yeah, of course, and and his suspicion clearly makes perfect sense. And also, but like, she's very like warm and like very calm and like wants to give him like here have a piece of chicken. We've saved you the big piece of chicken. You know what I mean? Yeah, she seems like the nicest of the four sisters. Well, uh, she refers to herself. I don't know if she refers to herself here, but at some point that she refers, she's the diplomat. Mm-hmm. She that that's her job. That is her her role amongst her and her ilk. She's clearly the one when you need when you need some influence. She's the one they send because she's very she's very 
um, very easy to look at when you when you st- stand her next to her other three sisters. Like she's very like I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. I mean, it's a cartoon, but like she's very very much the most attractive of the three. Probably the most even tempered of the of the family. Um, very much even keel and clearly a, a hell of a talker, which we see more of throughout this season. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately for Hector, he tries to like grab her and like use her as bait to try and Mixed escape <laughs> and uh she turns into like a, a, a fl- like i don't know if it's a flocker she just turns into a bunch of mini bats flies through the cell and just beats the shit out of him mm-hmm. um, oh yeah just beats the shit out of him yeah so really badly yeah I mean, <laughs> so she's not to be taken lightly although she looks nice like she is she's still nobody to be fucked with um, yeah pretty much much like the wu-tang clan <laughs> uh, and then going into our next episode we're back with mm-hmm. Alucard and uh, with Taki and Sumi of course indeed and uh, basically they kind of just bring them up to like they tell how do I put it they tell Alucard about Cho's secret forces in northern Japan mm-hmm. and basically Cho was just like holding them as slaves and like sometimes they'd invite like a, a human soldier to like try and fight her and she would basically just like kill them yeah. right in front of them and like force them to watch it and like their whole lives had basically just been them wanting to seek revenge on her and uh nope. they like met, they like studied her weaknesses all this stuff obviously they can't kill her now because she's already dead um, mm-hmm. but so they're not, worried that even if she's dead someone else is another vampire is just gonna fill her void yeah and so that's why they they need alucard to to teach them um then we flash back over to Carmilla's castle, um, and we get to see a little bit more of Striga and Morana, who are Carmilla's sisters. Who are? It seems like they're like a couple as well. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe it's one of those things that they're they're sisters in maybe their their goals and their their quests. Yeah. Maybe not like <clears throat> sisters in the uh, in the the academic sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, you know, even if they are, whatever, man. <laughs> I, I, the show gets weirder and weirder as we go. That's right. Um, yeah, but It's I, also the 1400s. They're, as weird as it sounds, that kind of shit ran rapid back then. Like, families would would breed with each other to keep the bloodline as pure and weird as possible. <laughs> so, so that might actually be a thing. I don't know. Either way. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess that would make more sense if they were, like, sisters, like... How do yeah, I... Sisters to a cause as opposed to actual sisters. But again, <laughs> we're talking it's the 1400s here. It could easily be the it could easily be the former and not the latter. That's right. And uh, basically, they're just discussing, like, like Carmela's plan because Striga is obviously questioning about, like, her intentions. Mm-hmm. Um they, they kind of say that they're scheming, uh, or that she's scheming, and uh, it would be it would be tough for this plan to succeed because she wants to take over like a huge chunk of land, and uh, mm-hmm. Morana definitely like is with the plan because obviously it'd be an entire empire and it would be ruled by these four women. Um, yeah. But anyhow, then we flash down back to the cells <clears throat> where Lenore once again visits Hector, mm-hmm. and uh, she's basically bribing. I guess I'd call it bribing. She's giving him food and just wanting him to answer some of her questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, and 
Hector's still very much on edge because he's like, look, I know the the only there's one reason I'm alive. It's because she needs me to make her army. Mm-hmm. That's it. And but like she's still kind of like sidestepping that. She's just like, well, that doesn't answer my question. What what do you want? What things do you like? You know, like she's it's it's like she's very much like what am I trying to say? Like like really really just brushing off the big issue here and just trying to really win his trust, even though she's kicked the shit out of him. Yeah, and like we can tell as the viewer, like she's clearly up to something. Um, mm-hmm. But he says he wants some shoes, and uh, she actually questions like what Dracula's going to give him, like at the end of his conquest. Like, say he's succeeded in taking out all of humanity, then what was left for him? Mm-hmm. It was like his freedom. Yeah, and it it kind of stumps Hector though, because like mm-hmm. he's like, well, I think I would have been spared from like being killed. Um, mm-hmm. But like that nothing was like set in stone they didn't have like the contract or anything mm-hmm. none of that none of that salary was guaranteed uh, <laughs> yeah that's right there was no guaranteed money in this deal that's right um but yeah then we flash back over to Lindenfield and mm-hmm. our boy saint germain um he gains entrance to the priory of course um obviously the monks in the priory they still they don't trust him at all they just want no matter to, how he how much he tries to pander to them, he's not going to get what he really wants out of this trip to the to the monastery. Yeah, when he walks in, I mean, this place is disgusting. disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's gross. Uh, there's mm-hmm. like it's like the monster that crashed through the roof. Like the hole in the roof still there. There's blood and bugs and, and all kinds and of shit poop. everywhere. Yeah, and poop, literal shit. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, then him and the prior Sala have like a, a very weird conversation. Um, yeah. Where it's like the night creatures are, are they're, they're good. They bring light to the darkness and St. Yeah. is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. These guys are just weird. Um, yeah. And then I think this is where he notices the, the symbol on his armband. Yeah. Uh, and this symbol, but I think all of them wear, don't they? Don't they all wear like this armband? Yeah. And it's like the alchemic sign for sulfur. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like used by philosophers to denote hell, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd for these guys to be to be wearing. Um, but it turns out the visitor is what they call the the night creature that came uh, mm-hmm. and like crashed through the, the priory. They call him the visitor, and that that this is the symbol that he left them. Um, yep. Whatever the hell that means, but yeah. Anyhow, Saint Germain starts to study these books. And, like, as we see him studying, we see Trevor and Sypha. They're kind of sneaking around outside. Uh, mm-hmm. But one of the monks spots them, and, uh... Yep. Like, this is when Sypha notices the, the armband as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get they get a little bit of information, and uh, they kind of leave before things escalate, because more monks show up, and they're like, look, yep. you guys can go uh, just, just to keep the peace. Just get out of here. Don't question what we're doing here. Uh, then we flash over, Chris. We get another brutal scene here with Isaac. God his... damn it, because he, the poor bastard, just can't win. Like they get to Genoa, and all of a sudden it's like he's greeted by like troops of the city, and they're just like, <laughs> "We know what's going on in Wallachia. We're not letting you guys pass through here." And he's like, "Look, all I want to do is pass by. No big deal. And I'm out of here." But of course, they 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 say, "Nah, you're you're not coming through our town." And he's like, "All right, well." And he's like, like, "God damn it." 
snaps the thing snaps the fingers and his night creatures do their thing and uh just just tear the entire place apart and this is yeah. where we also get to see like it seems like his forgery or however you call it um it seems like he's really improved because he can just stab into people and then yeah he's like with his little dagger he's just stabbing people and they're just like changing instantly great yeah straight to demons and uh basically turns the entire town into more of yeah. his, more of his army um yeah, he did not think twice about it. But yeah, then we're moving right along to episode five. Um, we are at the at the halfway mark here, the fifty yard line. That's right, and uh, this is when we see like Trevor goes off on his own, and he's kind of just doing some self reflecting. Uh, and then, of course, the judge suddenly mm-hmm. appears, and he's like, "Oh, this is where I." He's like sitting out by like a little pond. He's like, "This is where I come to like get away from the town." Uh, and they kind of just have a have a friendly little chat. Yeah. Nice um, little chit-chat. And when they walk back into town, they notice this symbol that's been, like, carved into the gate. Um, mm-hmm. And I should mention also, which I guess I forgot to mention this when they first got here, mm-hmm. this town, there's been kids that keep going missing. Yep. And uh, that's just one thing I totally forgot to... to I kind of spaced out when I was talking about it earlier. Um but Trevor actually thinks that he's like, well, maybe it's just like a kid who got his first knife and he like carved the symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, but the judge is like, nah, kids don't run around my town. Um, yep. And then <laughs> he says it all. Kids don't run around my town. Yeah. He's like, it, almost like angry at the notion of a child running around. Yep. And then, uh, meanwhile, back in the monastery, uh, St. Germain's kind of reading through some of the, the, the books that have been, they're just piled up on the floor, basically. Um, and uh, they, the monks, they actually leave, and it, it kind of gives them a chance to kind of have a look around. And uh, he pulls out this crystal, uh, which we'll find out more about that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it clearly, it's like a, not quite like a compass, but it's pointing him and it's like guiding him into a direction. Um, mm-hmm. <coughs> so it kind of heads for the entrance of the basement, and uh, right as he's going to walk down the steps prior Salicum's appearing and he's like oh of course he does didn't, didn't I tell you to, to stay where you were at uh, well I gotta pee I gotta go make some pee yeah and of course he, he kind of talks his way out of it and uh but he knows there's something going on oh uh, yeah and then when St. Germain goes outside Sypha spots him and kind of they kind of get introduced to each other because this is the first time they've met and um yep turns out he's also a magician yeah he's a magician and uh Of course, uh, Trevor shows up and kind of, kind of, they they notice another one of the symbols that had been carved mm-hmm. on the gate. Um, and Trevor's basically like, "All right, well, let's go have a let's go have a drink and we can we can discuss this further." Um, yeah. So they ha- they sit down at the tavern and um, Saint Germain's kind of kind of telling his story from his past, and Trevor's like, "Look." I don't care what do you know about the church because they're trying to get to the bottom of whatever yeah, the hell's going on. Get down to brass tacks here. And uh, St. Germain tells us that he's in search of this infinite corridor. Mm-hmm. Um, which apparently is like a door to like different worlds and some people say it's a door to hell. Um, mm-hmm. And of course Trevor and Sypha know about it because she's a speaker and he's obviously a bell. Oh yeah, the infinite corridor. Yeah, what about it? Yeah. That old thing? Um... Uh, but yeah, so he, he's looking for a way back to it. It seems like he's like 
a friend of his. It seems like almost like a like his wife. Or I, I don't know who this character is, but he's lost mm-hmm. someone who was close to him yep. in the Infinite Corridor, and so he's trying to basically find a way back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back at Dracula's castle. I should say Alucard's castle now. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. We got a nice little little training sesh going on. Yeah, he's training up Sumi and Taka, and uh, it seems like they're really kind of building like a nice little friendship here. It seems like our boy Alucard isn't going to be so lonely anymore. Yep. It's uh, nice. It, it's very, very nice. They're out doing some training. Uh, you know, Alucard's really just letting, you know, just really showing them how difficult it can be to, to take down a vampire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much where this episode ends. Um, and then moving right along into episode six, uh, we're back at Carmilla's castle. Uh, once again, Lenore is visiting Hector at his cell. Um, and by this point, he's brought her, she's brought him shoes, she's brought him clothes, and... Uh, oh, man. Yeah, she's really buttering him up, and uh, she, she's going to let him out for a walk, Chris. Uh, oh, nice. Take, take the puppy out for a walk. Of course, yeah, he's got to wear his leash. and. Uh, oh, of course, of course. Yeah, and so they have a nice little, uh, I say nice, but at least he gets to go outside. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they they have a little walk, and um, they they talk. I guess they just kind of talk about Carmelo, really, and that like that he didn't think. I guess really that like he thought really in the long run that she was not going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they kind of just discuss some of the plans. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, Carmela's actually still alive, because I mean, really, when you think about it, she's still alive because she was not there in the castle when Alucard and Trevor and all them showed up. She right. def- her and Hector both would have been very dead. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Um, but then she takes him back inside, and now she's got him a new cell, Chris. He's got like. Yeah. He's got a bed. He's got some light. He's got like a candle. He's got some, oh, he's got a man. book of vampire magic. Moving on up, moving yeah. on up. Yeah, so she's really charming him up, and uh, you can tell he's starting to taking a liking to her too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we flash back over to Lindenfield, and uh, Trevor and Sypha. They're kind of just discussing like Saint Germain. Um, yep. Trevor doesn't trust him. Uh, Once again, in the sheets. Once They're again. clearly a thing at this point. That's right. And uh, <clears throat> Trevor doesn't trust him, but they, they decide to help him, basically. Um, yeah. And when the camera kind of pas- like goes outside, and we see a, a monk out there, and he's he's carving that symbol onto the wall of their the, like, yeah, the place they're it. staying in. Uh, and then, Chris, we get probably the craziest scene of this Maybe, yeah, this maybe, one, this maybe one of the confusing. whole. That's probably the craziest scene of the whole anime. Um, yeah, I agree, and, and not in like a good way. It was just really, really like trippy. Yeah, it's like the mushroom episode of, of Bebop. Yeah, very much so. This is the mushroom moment. <laughs> uh, basically, it's Saint Germain, and he's having this like dream nightmare, whatever you want to call it, and it's like him falling through these like. I don't even know what to... It's like he's going through, like, different worlds and, like... Yeah, because there's one with, like, a giant, like, metal walker-looking thing, and then he's in another world. Like, it, yeah, I feel like he's just hopping through alternate dimensions. Yeah, you see, like, a like you said, like a giant walker. I can't remember what those things are called in Star Wars, but it reminded me of that. And oh, I was like, Imperial walkers, like AT... Yeah. Oh, they, these look more like ATSTs, uh-huh. the one with two legs. Yeah, and oh, then, I'm, like... I'm something of an all-purpose Star Wars nerd, sir. <laughs> 
and then like and then there's one where it's like uh it almost seems like a like an indian man like doing some kind mm-hmm. of like tribal stuff i don't even know and then yeah, but it's like it's like just staring at him yeah like and it's very like weird um but yeah. eventually we get to one where it seems like it almost looks like it's like this silhouette of a woman yeah, um, like she's like upside down. Yeah, she's like upside down, and the place that she's in, it almost looks like the Belmont Hold. Yeah, at least that's what I could gather from like the flashing uh, images. Oddly enough, my, what I thought I was like, uh, I, my mind immediately went to the Castlevania games. I was like, oh, this is the upside down castle because in Symphony of the Night, to one hundred percent the game, you have to like go through an inverted version of the castle. Like that's how you get the true ending. You mm-hmm. do the regular castle, then you have to play through the inverted version of the castle. And because she was upside down, I was like, oh, that's the inverted castle. Well, it makes perfect sense. Why does it make sense? I don't know. Yeah, it's actually one small fact I knew about Symphony of the Night was mm-hmm. that you did have to go through it inverted. Um, mm-hmm. Just from listening to game reviews and stuff. But oh, of course, of course. Anyhow, it seems like he reaches his hand out and asks the woman to take his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead she throws him this crystal, which this crystal obviously is the same crystal that he has... Like and I can't remember what Sypha knows what the crystal is because he sh- he shows Sypha the crystal. Yeah, it's some made out of some L word. I don't know what the word is. But... Oh, litho litho lithomancy lithogram litho something or other. Something. It's some fancy crystal. Um, Indeed. But anyhow, he wakes up from his nightmare and he, he kind of writes in his little like journal that he has. Um, and then we flash back over to our boy Isaac. And. Uh, He's created all these night creatures from Genoa, and uh, he asked to, to he calls one up basically, and it, this creature can talk. Um, and if I had the subtitles on when I watched this, um, and they actually refer to him as Fly's Eyes. Wow. Which obviously the creature has like eyes like a fly. Um, so. Yeah, he looks just like a giant mutated fly for sure. And he can like recall like parts of his past before he arrived in hell that he was like a scholar and a philosopher yeah he's from like like athens or something like yeah. that yeah so i was like i have no idea what a lot of this means but this guy is clearly like a creepy monster um like a creepy night creature obviously they're all creepy mm-hmm. but like this one it almost seems like he's sh- like isaac's even like taken back from him the only thing I have to gripe about this, Chris, is we don't see this guy again for the rest of the show. Yeah, it, that's it. Like, we see so him weird. here, and I'm like, oh, man, this guy's, like, super evil. Like, I wonder if he could, like, because, like, the, the Forge monsters, like, they can, they follow, like, their Forge master. Mm-hmm. But it seems like this one's, like, super, like, sinister. Um, And I guess we'll just have to see if something happens with that in Season 4, because... Yeah, because it... Sure as fuck don't happen here. Yeah, we don't get to see him anymore. And I was like, oh. Well, because it's also, too, it's like the nature of the story he's telling. He was like, it was Christians that killed me. And, you know, it's almost like he tried to, like, convert and they still killed him anyway or some shit like that. Like, it was just such a real dark story he was telling. Yeah, and he's like, I like sinning and, like, all this stuff. And I'm like, man, this sounds. Love that shit. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what happens with this. Oh, nothing. Got it. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. But carrying on, uh, we're back at Dracula's castle, and um, we're in episode seven now, I believe. That's right. Um, and Sumi and Taka are kind of wandering around their castle, or the castle. I'm sorry, not their castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they come across like the engine room. Um, 
obviously, which is now not working anymore. Like it's not gonna, it's not the castle's not moving anytime soon. And uh, then later on, Alucard he takes them to the Belmont Hold and uh, kind of just shows them like, hey, this is where like you guys can learn a ton about killing monsters, killing vampires, basically yeah. every, everything you need. And he kind of gets like this. It seems like he wants to make like set up the next generation for of monster hunters essentially yeah I mean, he's got the tools to do it i mean literally everything he would ever need to know about hunting creatures of the night is literally right under his feet mm-hmm. so yeah. but yeah I, I still just find it weird that he wants to train these guys to kill yeah well I, I think also too like he barely knows them but i think he's been so desperate for company because even yeah. still like even before he met trevor and saifa he's kind of been alone prior to that like this is as far as we know since his battle with dracula this is like only his second interaction with people right yeah so, so I, I think he's just letting his guard down and just he just wants friends and, basically well and, and not to mention the dynamics the same right you have two hunting partners partners one male one female that's literally what he had before two hunting partners one male one female mm-hmm so I, I think it, it's a very familiar and comfortable dynamic for him. But then, Chris, we flash over to Lindenfield. Oh, uh, we're back to the fucking town of the crazies, man. And the judge comes across St. Germain, and he's kind of asking about, like, like he knows he was drinking with Trevor and Sypha. Um And this, of course, Chris, is where we get the great meme of what the fuck is toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, toilet so, paper. What the fuck? He's so, like something, something Chinese. I don't know. Yeah, Saint Germain brings up toilet paper and the judge. That that's obviously the meme from well, back yep. when. Back it, when... It, it is funny in the year of Corona, he mentions toilet paper and Chinese. Yep, and the uh, irony. Yeah, the irony is there. Uh, but anyhow, back at the back at the priory, uh, Saint Germain he comes across this really crazy, like unusual book, and uh, mm-hmm. there's pictures of monsters in it, um, and there's pages missing of the books. So that that. He's already very suspicious of that, um, and he questions Prior Sala like about the torn page, about the torn pages, mm-hmm. and uh, the he, he's just like, oh, it must have just been damaged. Like, I don't know. Like he, he's clearly there's he's just evil. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's just just spreading the bullshit, man. Yep, and uh, I, I guess like he's just dismissing it and like. Saint Germain's like, no, like these have been torn out recently, yada yada yada. And it turns out like the book was written by a forge master, um, a whole lot of crazy stuff. Basically, it's like a book that shouldn't even be in a priory. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's not right. But um, then we quickly get to see we get some action here coming up because uh, we got some more monks carving those fucking symbols around like like a like a damn bad graffiti artist and uh shit uh trevor beats the shit out of these guys oh yeah yeah they're they stuffs one of them in a fucking barrel yeah and like breaks like breaks his legs (laughs) like stuff him in the fucking barrel yeah and they kind of take the other one hostage basically to question him absolutely yeah trevor's trevor's kind of done fucking around here like he's uh he's done chewing bubble gum he's just here to kick ass now and then uh, we flash over to the judge, Chris, and mm-hmm. this is a strange scene because he's like, he's like, I don't know, he's like distraught. And it almost looks like he's like crying. And he's like cleaning his hands really fast. And it's like, 
you don't know what's going on here. Uh, but of course, Trevor and Sypha kind of come through the front door and they drop the, the captured monk on the floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, obviously they know these monks are clearly, they're, there's, they're up to some bad news. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're so, bad news bears. And, um, I guess we go back to the church here, and um, so we see the uh, so Saint Germain actually he uh, he finally gets into the basement and sees what the fuck is in there. Yeah, and it's that same night creature, obviously yeah. known as the quote unquote visitor, mm-hmm. um, with that strange like glowy eyes. His eyes almost yeah, remind like, me; they're just mm-hmm. like the the stone that Saint Germain carries. Yes. Yeah, and he is uh he's pretty much crucified up. Yeah, it's quite the scene Weird. here. They they got this yes, guy indeed. still alive. Um then we flash back over to Isaac and uh and his army. They're they're still on their way to Styria. Yeah. They've been they've, they've been on their way there for quite a while, by the way. Yeah. And uh they meet this the the crazy old magic lady. Yes. <laughs> She's indeed. the only lady left in this town. Yep, having herself a smoke and a pancake. That's right. And she tells him about this, like, magician, basically, and another, like, guy that, that has magic, I guess. I don't really know. This is yeah, the this part gets weird, yeah. Yeah, she's basically like, oh, and this woman's name is Miranda. That's what mm-hmm. it says here I'm reading. Um, but it basically, it seems like that an, another magician came and, like, took all of her neighbors, and, like, he's trying to create this like city of just slaves and has them like <laughs> she says she has them like eating shit and stacking bricks or something like that yeah and i'm like all right that uh, should be a t-shirt yeah really it should um <laughs> but yeah and then uh of course she also reveals that the magician has a transmission mirror um yep. and it's one that can transmit many people at once very yep. convenient because that's exactly what isaac needs yeah how about them apples that's right this is where i think Isaac's story gets a little bit weaker. Um, yeah, I agree. Like this, all this, all all this shit just kind of seems. It's like, I don't know, man. Like it's like, oh, how fucking convenient is that? Like that's just the vibe I get. Just, yeah, here's an old lady too convenient parts with all of this super vital information that's just a few steps away, yeah. 30, 30 miles up the road. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, you, you've been here this whole time. Why didn't I just fucking start here? Yeah, and he and she. Or the magician has the exact item you're looking for. Like, yeah, who the fuck? Who, who thought? And she's also a forge master. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> like, we're they like cousins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, this is where I think Isaac's arc of the story kind of, kind of just dips in quality. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. But that's but, okay because in the next episode things are starting to heat back up here because we're we're getting some more uh, some more of the the sisters and uh, our buddy Hector. Yeah, it seems like like Striga and Morana they're working on the battle plans, um, mm-hmm. and then Carmilla comes in and they, they they're basically just discussing their strategies. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we flash back to Hector; he's reading that book of like the vampire magic that Lenora left him, um, and she comes walking into her cell, and uh, they, they basically like they kind of discuss like he questions Lenora's ring, and it's like mm-hmm. a sign of loyalty to her council of sisters, and they all wear one. Um, yeah, but it's like red and black, like intertwining that, like um, it symbolizes like their bond or something like that. Yeah, the black represents the night, and the red represents the blood, and so it's like the things they have in common. So I, I guess they're not sisters; they're just going for they're like working together for the same cause. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but anyhow, uh, 
Hector like kind of tells her like, oh, this book like it's made me like realize there's more to like vampire quote unquote culture than he thought. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, and here and here it goes. This is where uh, this is where things are starting to get juicy here because they. Uh, Lenore's yeah. like, well. Yeah, it's like, like she, it, she wants him to be with her, and like. Yeah, she's really, really just diving right in here. Yep. Um. But anyhow. But the, yeah, because so, buckle up, because now we're going back to like Alucard's castle, and now this is where like things kind of start taking a turn for the like. They, now they think like, like Alucard, like they th- they think he's holding. He's they're they're happy that they're helping. Uh, he's helping them, but they also still think that like he's keeping shit from them. Because they talk about like Dracula with magical weapons and things like that, and like, and I want to say that regarding like the engine to the castle, like he's certain things he's just not telling them, but he's not lying to them. He's not telling them anything that isn't true. But now they're starting to think that he's straight, just holding things back. Yeah, it makes it seem like, <laughs> like you can tell like the tensions rising in all these story yes. arcs and like. Shit's absolutely getting very, very close to hitting. Yeah, we, we got monsters crucified up in the town. We got sisters. Uh, we got a sister who's ready to run away with Hector. We got these two people that have just met Alucard that they're so grateful that all of a sudden it's like, hey, I think he's full of shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like y'all came to him, remember? Yep. And then we flash back over to Saint Germain. Of course, he's in this basement where we last saw him, and uh, this night creature is still alive. So he he kind of yep. runs away. And as he's running up and up the steps, there's Prior Sala and his 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 group of monks. And uh, of course, yeah, like being as quick witted as this guy is, he he talks himself out of it. Um, oh look, a rocket ship! Bye. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, he's like, and he kind of tries to warn them um, yeah. that like, to, he tells them this story that like they need to run away from the Prior and like get away, and they're just like, no, dude. <laughs> like, no, we're good. Bro. We're good. We have this is our plan. Uh, mm-hmm. But then we flash back over to Trevor, and they're still at the judge's house, and they're kind of just yeah, they're still interrogating old boyo. Yeah, and he he's not really giving them any uh, any real information. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, that Saint Germain comes crashing through the door. Yep, and uh, it's in the basement. It's in the basement. Yeah, they got a night creature in the basement, and. Uh, yeah, so they they know like they gotta they're gonna have to like go to the priory and like basically be like, hey, y'all gotta come out. We gotta we gotta see what you guys got down there. Um, so yep. they they come up with like a, a plan to to fight these monks and attempt to get rid of this night creature. Yep, and they're gonna help Saint Germain open up that uh, that infinite corridor. That's right. Um, but of course, we flash back over to Prior Sala and his monks and. It seems like they are like they're getting ready for their own, like they're preparing for something at nighttime. Um, yeah, and we also get kind of a big reveal here that the uh, the night creature has a very particular forge master. Yeah, it turns out it's our boy Isaac. Um, By God, what what a fucking what what a twist! That's right. Um, so the the battle's about to begin. Um, so Trevor, Saint Germain, Sypha, and the Judge, and like all these men, they they head to the monastery. Um. Now, also, too, I, I I don't know if it's happened quite yet. Um, I, there was there was an important scene before this that we that we that we didn't uh, cover. 
Um, because I, I can't remember if it happened before that or after this. I'm pretty sure it happened before this with the uh, with the child running through town. Um, oh, yeah. And he yeah. kept looking over at the apples, and the judge was like, oh, you like apples? Well, I'll tell you what. Go out past this side. Go out past the fence. Uh, go out past the bog next to the lake. Uh, you know, past where your parents don't want you to go, you'll find a big apple tree. It's my apple tree. You can have three apples. Yeah, that that is very key. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't have that written down here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that because I can't remember that. I think that happened in like episode five or six. That's kind of important because I want to say it happened before we saw the judge crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, it does, it does. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, it's like this kid running through town and he's running up to this apple stand and the judge is like, like you said, go I through. I know the, running in the hallway. Go through the forest. Take the, take, when you get to the fork in the road, take a right. You can have three apples off the apple tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so put a pin in that for now. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Now we're so they're on their way to the to the monastery for the battle and uh, or for the confrontation I should say. Yeah. Uh, and then we flash back over to Dracula's castle. Uh, Sumi and Taka, they're still like feeling like Alucard's hiding something from them, and they actually confront Alucard uh, that there's like parts of the ca- castle that he's not showing them, and they kind of just want to know why. And yeah, uh, he's like, "Look, man, we've got all the time in the world to explore the castle. It's not that it, 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 it's." It's not important now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's have to see what's what's going to happen. Because, Chris, we're in episode nine, and this is we where are. shit gets wild. Uh, in typical Castlevania fashion, this is the episode where things start to kind of go off the rails. Oh. So the, we've got this buildup, and now it's uh, now it's time to fuck. Uh, nope. <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> well, Chris, um... <laughs> We're back in Lindenfield, and we see like this nice little family mm-hmm. preparing their their fancy little supper, nice. and then they all just burst into flames. Chris, yeah, holy <laughs> shit, things are things are going really fucking wild here. And all of these houses in the town are bursting into flames, and it's all like all the fires all going back to the monastery. Like, yeah, they're like curving up in the sky, and it's just. You Shit's can, uh, shit is not right. You can tell there's like souls in the flames from the people that are being burnt up, obviously. So like, mm-hmm. everything's going wrong here. Um, and pretty much battle kind of ensues. Uh, yeah, but uh, I like how Scythefoot puts up. She puts up like the ice barrier around Saint Germain because he almost gets killed mm-hmm. by one of the monks. And uh, of course, like Trevor and Scythe are just they're just unfucking rival in this fight they're just beating the shit out of damn near everything oh yeah taking out all these monks um obviously prior sala is like surprised by like this this huge ball of flames and they've they've like poured blood mm-hmm. like almost leading the souls to the to the visitor the monster that's in the basement um mm-hmm. so yeah and then like <laughs> I, it's hard to describe it because it's like such a like I don't even know how to describe the scene really to put it into words, but like the monster is like opening this portal, which I believe is the portal to like the portal that St. Germain's trying to open. Yeah. The, I guess to the infinite corridors and, uh, something really weird comes flying out of this thing, man. We get a fucking, uh, we get an old fucking winged creature with a bunch of eyes and like a staff coming out of this bitch. Yeah. And then all kinds of little like monsters come flying out. Just mm-hmm. clearly all, all the worst things. Um, uh, and uh, Trevor and Cypher, they obviously got, they got to fight all of this. Um, mm-hmm. 
And yeah, uh, um, I'm trying we to remember. Also, I think... we, we also get to see a brief moment in this portal opening thing where we see our boy Dracula. Yeah, because I think that's how the episode ends with it flashing through all these different levels. Because this episode is where like it's flashing back between. Like, it's just constantly going through the stories because like we see we see fucking uh, Lenore and Hector just fucking like. They're they're kissing like he he fucking pulls her britches off and they're they're he's fucking giving it to her. Yeah, it's they're, kinda, uh, they're they're doing it, the unskinny bop out of nowhere. <laughs> it's kind of tough to. I almost thought about doing our notes differently for these episodes because it's legit four different stories and like you said, this it's like flashing through all these different moments because mm-hmm. like yeah, because they're they're scrumping. Then it goes to like Alucard. where Isaac's at. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, I, well, first it goes to Alucard, and like he's in his bed, he can't sleep, and then Taka and Sumi come up, and then they all start fucking scrumping. <laughs> yeah. And then like then it goes to Isaac, and like all these people have like these like these green like thorn crowns on their head, <laughs> and he's trying to work his way to the, this tower where like this green light is, and then it goes back to fucking Lenore and and uh, and Hector fucking just he's just fucking giving her just licking her chops. <laughs> then it goes back to like Alucard, and he's getting his chops licked by both of them, and like, then it goes back to Isaac, and then like, like there's it's just going a mile a minute, and then next thing we know, uh, well, then it goes to um, so Isaac, so then there's like a longer part with Isaac where he actually is able to work his way up to this tower, and it's really crazy how how it's going, right? Because like the people are like now floating up and like they form this giant ball over top of the town. And like the, they're just like chucking bodies at a, at um, fucking at Isaac as he's trying to make his way up. And he's like, you know, he'll stab a body as it comes out of the ground. It turns into a demon. Then he stabs one. It turns into this giant fucking like Titan demon that like holds the ball. It's so fucking weird, dude. But so like it's like a, almost like a horde of zombies essentially, and heck, like Isaac finally gets up to the fucking tower where like old fucking magic grandpa is, and and then like he puts one of those like slave crowns on Isaac, um, but like he's able to free himself, and then he just stabs the guy, then that ball of bodies in the sky all just fucking fall to the ground. It was so like this part felt super fast and rushed to me. Because, like, he's there, and then like, he's working his way through the town, then he kills everything, kills the guy, all the bodies fall to the fucking floor. And then, like, you don't even have time to really recover from that. Because then it's like, we were saying before, like, the portal opens up, and it's going through all these different, like, planes, and it ends, like, in this burnt-down, like, house monastery, and it shows Dracula and Lisa, like, hugging each other on their knees. This... Fuck man, this is, I'm like out of breath talking about this episode because it moves at like they're all just like they're fighting, they're fucking, and all that's missing is a boat. Pretty much, Chris. Like this was this was the God brand episode. I'm sure. So, I'm so glad you took that over because when you started talking, I I couldn't stop laughing. I had to mute my mic. I was cracking because, <laughs> like you said, like shit is just hitting the fan. Like yeah, um, it's like they're fucking, they're fighting, they're fucking, they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fucking, uh, and then oh, there's Dracula. And we should mention that uh, Lenore slips the the loyalty ring. Oh, that 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 sneaky bitch! Yeah, yeah. she uh, yeah. So she, while, uh, while, she, did, she while, sneaks it right onto him. Yeah, while Hector's giving her the business, she's having him like read off like she's like you're gonna be loyal, loyal to me. She's basically, making her call him daddy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then uh, slips the ring on, 
he says he'll be loyal to her and then boom this thing like stabs into her or into him i'm sorry yeah like so he's clearly got him it almost reminds me of the thing that merlin put on vivian if you yes from uh seven deadly sins it's like similar to that Uh, obviously merlin wasn't getting her cheeks beat at the time but oh man nevertheless uh and then of course back to alucard and this threesome yeah and they fucking tie him up too yeah with like this crazy like like almost like vampire proof like barbed wire like it's around his wrists around his junk around his his body yeah, it's I, I I would say it's made out of silver. I would assume because I know like silver yeah. is like effective against vampires, um, but it's not killing him. It's just like he can't like it's like he can't use his powers almost. Yeah, and so these last two episodes, it really gets tough to like break down like where, like what time everything's happening. Um, yeah, no, it's so fucking weird, dude. But let's just if we go through it like one story at a time. We got Taki and Sumi, and they got Alucard held down. Uh, they're saying they're withholding like the knowledge of magic from him, and they're not teaching him how to to operate the castle, uh, and they're basically gonna kill him. Uh, they pull out their swords, and uh, oh, what a great scene! Right here. before they're about to stab him, uh, he uses obviously he has his sword that can like he can control, and like it flies and it cuts their throats. Uh, yep. So and that, like yeah, it's so I like the line he says. He's like. He's like, while my father didn't really uh, mess with magical weapons, I never said I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he never, like you said earlier, he never lied to him. Uh, but Oh, and that's what I'm saying. He kept telling him, he's like, I've never lied to you. And even still, like, this was such a powerful scene because we were talking about this beforehand. and Because we'll, I think this this where this part ends is where the episode and the season actually ends. But since we're on this story, we'll go ahead and uh, for the sake of – because that last episode, again, everything was happening so fast and intertwined. Like you said, I think it's best to just cover each individual story. Um, and to me, the way this one ended was the most powerful. Because, like, he straight up killed them. And now, but, like, well, I take that back. Because the way it ends, he, I think, okay, so let me let me get all my, let me get my thoughts together. I'm just, like, fucking word gibberish right that's now. That's okay. We'll put, a pin, like, we'll, we'll put a pin in the Alucard story. Because I think that's where the okay. show truly ends. Um, yeah. But he 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 obviously takes out Taki and Sumi or Taka and Sumi, um, and then we'll take out like we'll go to the we'll start with the easy stuff. We'll go with Isaac. Um, okay. So Isaac kills, like you said, Grandpa Magician. Uh, he finds the room where this the mirror is, the the giant yep. like mirror for teleporting and all that stuff, and uh, basically instructs his night creatures to kill the survivors, um, but leave the city standing. Yeah, don't destroy the city. Um, and I think he's just going to make a, a, a huge army out of these people because even Miranda, the, the grandma magician, <laughs> uh, she said that he would need more of an army yep. to defeat the Styrians. Yep. So, so he's now got it because there was just a, a fucking pot. Like, it was raining men. Hallelujah. It's a raining men. <laughs> as that ball just fucking just. All right. And then real quick, we're going to take care of the Carmilla castle side story with Lenore. Yeah, because that's all we see of Isaac. Like, Isaac's done for the episode. Yeah. And, uh, Lenore comes into, like, the meeting with the sisters, and, like, she's got Hector, obviously, now. He's got the slave ring. They got duplicates that have been forged for the other sisters, so now they all have rings. So, like, they got Hector basically to do their bidding. Yep, and this was really cool, because, like, she was like, 
it's almost like she she deviated from Carmilla's plan and put her own plan into motion. She was like, Isaac is now loyal to me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, his his creations will be loyal to me. Here's these rings. They will now be loyal to you. Um, but what I what I actually kind of like here, she's like, um, she's like, but I also want Isaac to have his own quarters. I want him to have his own section. Set it up for him. I, I like, like he wants to accommodate a nice cottage, um, food. And she's like, he's actually kind of good. And she's like, he's a he's pretty good in the sack, and I can teach him more. Yep. <laughs> so, but at least she's gonna treat him well. It seems yeah, like. Yeah, <laughs> but she does she does say at the end she's like uh she's like you're you're my pet. Which again is like the last thing Hector fucking wanted was to be somebody's pet. Yep. <clears throat> um so great way for that to end. But at the same time too, I mean, I I fucking Oh, you mean I I get to I get to just I get to have a cool house and I get to just fuck you silly all the time? <laughs> okay, I guess. I mean, okay. You got me. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. What a horrible life. But then, Chris, we get to the meat and potatoes here. Um, Indeed we do. Back to Lindenfield. Trevor, yes. Sypha, and St. Germain. Uh, pretty much the trio of this season. Um, basically, What a the, cool fucking fight scene, by the way, man, that we're getting ready to see here. Oh, yeah. This portal to hell has basically been open. Um, mm-hmm. The monster thing breaks free. We got creatures everywhere um trevor and cypher they're fighting all these guys and saint germain is basically trying to close this portal um mm-hmm. oh and then trevor fucking like what i really like here is uh, for some reason they can't kill this thing um because like he feeds off of the souls of uh of like the, the like the creatures that had died or something like that it's the i think um, it's the souls of the townspeople that were in okay. the that got engulfed in flames and all that stuff okay that makes sense because I, I caught something like that I couldn't quite remember but like so Trevor's like oh I just gotta kill this guy a bunch of times so he breaks out the other fucking whip he's got the morning star and the vampire slayer and he's just blah, 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 just going to fucking town man that's right Chris he's dual wielding just like it's he's like, dual wielding like Halo 2 all over again that's and, right man meanwhile while they're all fighting in the basement of the Priory Prior oh. Salo tries to escape um, oh, and obviously yes. the judge he's like hey where do you think you're going? Salah wastes no time. Stabs him. And basically... <laughs> I, I like, know, uh, he, like, with his dying breath, he basically is like, look, if you want to get away, go down the path through the forest where your mommy... Where, where your parents won't let you go. <laughs> That's right. By go the, the way, right. there's a big apple tree. <laughs> there's a big apple tree. And uh, so the Salah just listens. Yeah. And... Um, he, he takes off, <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to the end of we'll get to where that where that leads to. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the fighting. Um, like you said, Trevor's whipping out both whips. He's really they're taking out all these different monsters, killing everything. And uh, Saint Germain realizes that the creature's goal is to bring back Dracula, and, and that's what he says. All of this just to bring back that Vlad fucking Tempish. Mm-hmm. And he's like very snarky about it, and he's just like, but then like, like um, I think he what he realizes is he can, he he can get to where he needs to go. So he like jumps on the creature and takes that jewel that he has and just like smashes it on its forehead. 
yeah, into like one of its eyes almost. Um, mm-hmm. He sees the portal with the the silhouette of the woman that obviously is the one he's close with, and he jumps in, mm-hmm. and uh, he basically closes the corridor, and he's like, "I'll see you guys again." And uh, again. so we get the door to hell is closed, and mm-hmm. uh, Trevor and Sypha manage to take out all all the remaining yeah. creatures. And once again, much like episode seven of, of last season, this fight scene is really like us talking is not doing it any justice. Like the animation's so great. Like Trevor's doing some really cool shit with his whip. Sypha's, you know, like fucking Iron Manning around the building and <laughs> using her fucking uh like her ice to like cut heads off of shit. Like, and you've got this one monster that has like these bones that come out of its wrist, and he's like using a bow and arrow. Like it's such a cool fucking fight scene. Um, yeah, us talking really doesn't know justice. Oh, it doesn't know justice. It, it was such a great fight scene. I highly recommend if you haven't watched it, which if you're listening to this, you really fucking should have. <laughs> uh, this is a great episode to watch. Yeah, just another another fantastic one, like you said. Um, and so mm-hmm. they make their way up back outside, and Siphon notices. they find the body of the judge, yeah. Come across the judge, and he tells them that he killed Sala, and he basically says where he can find him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, burn my house down, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually and read then, on a comment on this wiki page. It says, with his last oh. dying breath, the judge said, delete my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> That's practically what he said to do. Which is That's so bad. literally what he asked him it's to do. It's so bad. But anyhow. Well, we, and we'll, we're gonna, we're, and we're going to put that into context because uh, we go back to Sala here, and he's heading to that apple tree. But, uh, boy, is the game rigged, Cody. Yep, he uh, he falls he down. He gets hit with the old fucking Vietnam trap, the old the old Saigon special. That's right. He falls into a pit of spikes, and uh, that obviously kills him on the spot. And when oh yeah, then Trevor and Sif obviously they arrive. They see the trap. Uh, but like, Chris, this oh. is where this story takes a very very dark turn, like darker than it already was. And they also yep. notice there's like little bones, and Sif was like, could that like maybe be like animal bones? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that gets answered soon because they show up at the house and Sypha's like ready to burn it down. And Trevor's like, hey, why don't we go inside first? Yeah. Because he's, he's like, they, I guess last time they were in there, and I can't remember, they know, there was a door in there that was locked. Um, yeah, it's like the door and, that the judge was like, when he was like washing his hands super viciously and they like mm-hmm. brought in the monk as they're like to question him. Mm-hmm. Um, but... They 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 get they walk inside. They find the key to the door and they open it, Chris, to discover a bunch of pairs of what, children's shoes, like on yeah. sh- like on display. Yep, and then we're brought to that flashback of, and at this point, the viewer knows what's up. I was like, oh, this guy's a fucking serial killer. He's just he is he is fucking John Wayne Gacy. This guy just murders children. Um because, like, you see a flashback of the kid running through the town who he's like, oh, go to the apple tree. He had red shoes on, and they, they really focus in on this red pair of shoes mm-hmm. on his wall. Yeah, so this really, like, obviously Trevor and Cypher are, like, very taken back by this. Like, they're, they're like, what the fuck is yeah. going on here? They're like, we're going to burn this town, and we are n- never coming back. Like, Yeah, and, Cy- yeah and Cypher's like, I just want to leave. I just, I, I just want to go. Yeah, and this so, is what what I like about this is they're heading out. This is this is where I really again this 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 story ends was in such a great way because in the last story or I guess in the one with uh with Hector 
he once again finds himself being somebody's fucking pet. The one thing he hates the most. Mm-hmm. So um, Isaac's story just kind of ends. Like there's really he's he's he, Isaac is Isaac's clearly preparing for something. Because um, I feel like um, before we move on to what happens here, um, I feel like Isaac and Hector their story is going to be the focal point of season four, and. Trevor and Dracula are all, or Trevor and um, Alucard and Sypha are just going to kind of be there, because um, that's that's what we're building to. We're building to that confrontation, this vampire war that you kind of mentioned. Um, but then, like this one ends with them, like Sypha just doesn't know like what went wrong, like what had these last few weeks have just been like they're just a st- steady, you know, like a steady decline. And Trevor's like, well. That's because we've been living in your world where like monster hunting is fun and there's like this this sense of great victory. And Trevor's like, well, now we're living in my world. You know, this is the reality of fighting monsters. It's not pretty. There's there's no there's it's like the there's so much so many shades of gray. Like it's not it's not an easy life. It's a very punishing life. And it makes you a different person Mm -hmm. so like and you also find that like the people that like sometimes the people that they're trying to save are the actual monsters and not the monsters themselves so like you really get this really neat paradigm shift with these two where you know like they're waking up every morning they're having breakfast you know they're they're scrumping just like everybody else in this episode and like there, you know, there was like this kind of settled down feeling, and like Monster Hunting was like, "Oh, honey, I'm going to work." Mwah. Bologna and cheese, my favorite. You know, like there was this this kind of vibe there, but now it's like Trevor's like, you know, that's the secret cap. It's always been like this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then <clears throat> flashing back to the Alucard story, so yeah. he's taking out Taki, Taka, and Sumi, and um, he's basically he's pretty upset. Yeah, he like can't yeah, help he, it. He's, his childhood room like on the floor like wrapped in the blanket in like their blood mind mm-hmm. you yeah and then like we see him he goes out and he's like gathering food yeah. um and when he comes as he's like walking back into the castle he like he like thinks to himself he's basically like oh i could i could keep a sign have a like a keep out sign or like stay away sign and, and then he's like but this seemed to work well enough for dead old dad. And like, we see the corpses of Taka and Sumi have been like impaled on stakes outside the front door. Yep. Just like how, when Lisa first walked up to like Dracula's castle. Um, yep. And what I really like about this, th- this was actually the way this story ended was my favorite. Cause like he was so fucking beat up and broken over. Like he was like, I didn't lie to them. Like, Cause he's like crying to himself. Like I never lied to you. Like he's so upset. That like once again, like he's he's kind of slipping into like the same like madness his father was in because like his father could not just stop could not stop getting fucked over by people, except his wife, and I I genuinely think in season four you're gonna start like Alucard is really gonna like the only people I feel like he's gonna be able to trust are Sypha and Trevor when it's all said and done everyone else is gonna try to fuck him over like every single person is gonna fuck him over. But, like, we're starting to see him, like, really go down the path of his father, which I thought was really, really cool. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm worried that he's going to get a little bit too much like him, uh, but we'll just have to stay tuned and see what happens in season four. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, like, like you said, that concludes season three and that's kind of where it fades to, uh, where it fades to, to black there. Um, so only time will tell where season four ends up. And I, I personally believe we're going to see a lot of, uh, the, the, the backdrop is going to be Isaac versus Hector. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, like Trevor and Sypha and Alucard, it's going to kill them all. Like they're going to, they're going to be the ones to come out on top. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. So yeah, like you said, Cody, that rolls the credits and fades to black on season three of Castlevania. Um, so like we, you know, we kind of talked about it a minute before. And like, I am really curious as to where season four takes us. Um, I'll be excited to see. And, uh, if Warren Ellis is going to be gone, I'm o- I am okay with them wrapping this show up at the end of season four. Yeah, I feel like everything's kind of coming to a head. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine we're we're going to pick up and like Hector's going to be making hit the army for the Vampire Sisters, mm-hmm. and Isaac's going to have like this huge army from massive the, army, the giant ball of falling bodies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And That's then right. I'm sure somehow. Alucard and Trevor and Sypha will hopefully get reunited in a, in a good way. Um, and we'll just yeah, have to... And I feel somehow Dracula's going to come back, because I think you can't end the show without Dracula coming back somehow. Because that, yeah. that, that, that's Castle... That is the lifeblood and the essence of Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dracula so we'll... coming back and a Belmont killing it. That's right. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it, Chris. Um but that, you I know, too. with the ending of a new, another show, Chris, we got to put it on our rankings board. Yes, a, a uh, you know the end of a chapter before we open the next chapter. Yeah, let's go ahead and rank them up. Um, at, I think okay. So I thought long and hard about this. Um, I think season three is a little bit of a weaker entry, and I think that puts it at a, at number two for me. Um. Bebop is still number one. Now, like, it is a very, very close number two. Like, if season four brings this thing home, dude, this could easily be my number one. Really? Okay. Yes. But, Interesting. And I begrudgingly put this at number two, again, because we're not finished. Season four has the chance to really just blow this thing off the rails. Yeah, I definitely really enjoy the show. Um, unfortunately, it's a, it's going to be the same case with Blood of Zeus. It's going to be the new number three spot bumping... Mm-hmm. Blood of Zeus down, all the rest are getting bumped down. Uh, still, yeah, still for me, Death Note and Cowboy Bebop are. I, I like them just more. Um, that's just mm-hmm. those are my go-to animes. Like that's the bread and butter for me. Um, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, this, uh, uh, this to me does bump Death Note down a notch. And uh, Ca- Castlevania, I think I had number one last week, but with Bebop, with uh, with the show not being finished, I think Bebop goes back to number one. But Castlevania has Castlevania has nothing but upside. It's like a it's like a young blue chip prospect coming onto the coming onto the scene for the first time. It's nothing but upside. Um, it's like it's like Rocky Maivia at the uh, at the Survivor Series, right? We don't know he's going to become the Rock, but once he does, like it, it's it's it changes everything. And I think I think Castlevania, like right now, Castlevania is in the Nation of Domination. Like they're they're right there. They're so close. But if season four brings it home. I think it could be number one. All the all the wrestling references for the Royal Rumble right. this Sunday, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm so excited, dude! It's like my favorite thing. It's if I don't watch any wrestling show for the entire year, like Royal Rumble has been my one since fucking 1988. Like, we we got the first one on pay per view. Me and my dad. I I it's it's an every year thing for me. 
Love that, Chris. Well, uh, with the end of a show, we obviously we had to run a poll throughout this mm-hmm. past week. Um, and the winner of that poll, Chris, was Grave of the Fireflies. God, and I, I accept that victory begrudgingly. Like, I don't want to cry next weekend. But, Chris, Damn it. so we're going to be covering Grave of the Fireflies next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't have it on, like, DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, I know you can find it on HBO Max. Um, yep, yeah, they have, like, the whole Ghibli collection on HBO Max, by oh, the man. way, which honestly is worth the fourteen ninety nine a month alone. I swear. Um, so if you guys want to follow along, you can watch it there. Um, I, I think you get, like, a seven-day free trial if you first sign up or something like that. Yep, sure do. Seven-day, 30-day, something like that. And... Um, mm-hmm. We're actually going to go with the second place, which is Demon City Shinjuku. Is that pronounced that? Yeah, Shinjuku. The the following week, because we, uh, me and Cody looked at our calendars and realized, like, oh yeah, the following week is the Super Bowl. We're both going to be hammered drunk all weekend. I ain't got time to start a new show. I'd rather just I need something that I can watch in an hour and a half and be done with it. That's right. So uh, we're going to do so. Grave of the Fireflies next Tuesday. We'll be reviewing mm-hmm. that Demon City Shinjuku the following Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we got the two biggest sports events in the world. We got the Rumble, and then we got Super right. Bowl. <laughs> Indeed, and of Indeed. course, two me, major events. Me being in Missouri, and there's a million Kansas City fans all around, so we'll be partying it up. Chris's Buccaneers are heading That's back to right. the Super Bowl for the first time in what twenty? Eighteen years. Two thousand two was the last time we were at the Super Bowl. Now, last time we were there, we won. By the way, That's right. So we are one and zero in the Super Bowl. Um, and we've got Tom Brady at the helm. We've got the uh, we've got the goat at the helm. And I was I was saying earlier, um, not this is not a football podcast by any means, but I was like, man, if this is what it, if this is what like Patriots fans have felt like for the last twenty years, then I'm all aboard. I am all fucking aboard. Like I, I'm ready to live this life at least for another season. Oh yeah, you better just enjoy it, man. <laughs> yeah, because we're gonna get clapped in two <laughs> weeks. I just I have this. We're I just. Look, as much as I believe in Brady, and I think we learned this season that he's he's fucking Tom Brady. Kansas City is too good. I don't care if you don't if you're listening to this and you despise sports. Every once in a while, a professional athlete or professional sports organization comes along that is just so much better than everybody else. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're like the 96 Bulls of football. Yeah, I, I actually, we're, we're going to turn this into a football podcast for a second here. Uh-huh. I think Tony Romo, uh, who is by far the best football commentator there has ever been, I think. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Not, not such a great player, but uh, well, that's another, <laughs> another time there. Uh, but I think he put it best. He said it's like watching Michael Jordan face LeBron James in the finals, like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're looking at. Because, like, I, I've been telling my buddies for a couple of weeks now, I'm like, like Patrick Mahomes is just Michael Jordan. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's like watching Michael Jordan, obviously, in football, yeah. of course. Um, so, yeah, it's we'll, – we'll see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see if the Bucks can yeah. – can get it done with the with the veterans they have on their team. Yeah, I hope so, man. We're we're a complete ball team. Like this is this is probably the most complete Buccaneer team. Here's the thing, man. The and I, the reason I say that is like for ever since 2002, like the Buccaneers have had relatively solid defenses, maybe some holes in their secondary, and you know maybe in their offensive line, but they've never had a head. They've literally been Voltron without the head running around <laughs> for. 20 fucking years. Even in 2007, when they went to the playoffs, they had Jeff Garcia, 
which, though, by the way, that team was actually really good. We just got bopped by the postseason Giants, who actually went off, went on to win the Super Bowl from that position. Um, so I can't be too mad at that. The Giants were just playing, like, on fucking fire that year. But, mm-hmm. like, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady is an anime character. Straight up. Yeah, this is his, what, 10th Super Bowl? Yeah. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> He's been to the dance a lot of times. and uh, Yeah, and one last fact about that. Uh, I read this thing today that, like, when Tom Brady made his first Super Bowl appearance, Patrick Mahomes was in kindergarten. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wild. But, yeah, this has been Shonen, Suds, and the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah, Shonen, Suds, S3. That's Shonen, right. Suds, and Super Bowl. That's right, Chris. I and, love it. And, uh, guys, if you want to follow along with us, of course, you can follow us on our Twitter page, at Shonen and Suds, on our Facebook page, at Shonen and Suds. Chris, I think this week I might actually make the YouTube page and start uploading episodes. Um, I know I've said yeah. that a few times before, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, this week I will actually get it done. Um, so, so you're a busy fellow. You're, you're streaming your you're, you're streaming uh, your video games. Uh, you know, obviously, sports have been amazing right now. Uh, beer is always cold. There's a lot going on, so I can understand that you're uh, that you've had you've had other obligations. That's right, Chris. And of course, we, we, we will be enjoying some more great anime. Um, Indeed. With Grave of the Fireflies next week, everybody. I'm su- such a fucking mixed bag, Cody. Like I. I I want to watch it because I lo- it's, I think it's I think it's one of the best not one of, not just one of the best Ghibli movies but I think Grim the Fireflies is one of the best anime movies ever made because um, it's such a gut wrenching I mean it's it's a real story right mm-hmm. um, and it's so fucking sad yeah it's, it's like it, oh, you're gonna want to get get the tissues ready because uh, that's right. This one it's it, a gut wrencher. Yeah, this is a heavy one. Um, but yeah, if you guys mm-hmm. want to follow along, that be that review will be coming out next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have Royal Rumble winners. We'll know who's going to WrestleMania. Oh, and uh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm looking... also debating Cody. A friend of mine is doing what's called a Royal Rumble pool, where you randomly get a you you buy in. You get, you get ten bucks to buy in, and you're assigned two numbers: one for the men's rumble and one's for the uh, for the women's rumble. Um, if your number wins, you get the pot. Hey, Chris, I mean, the Bucks already made the Super Bowl. You might as well go for it. I yeah, I, I mean, yeah, fuck it. Why not? It's only 10 bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, but Chris, that's all I got for this episode. You got anything else before we wrap up? No, sir. Uh, I'm just I'm just enjoying the ride. That's, in, that's Castlevania. I cannot wait for season four to pop up. Um, I, I expect that we'll be getting it sometime this year. Um, cause I know season three just kind of like popped up out of nowhere. It was like, Oh yeah, season three is coming and it's out next week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I could easily see the same thing happening around March again, where it's like, Oh yeah. Hey, season four is right around the corner. And by right around the corner, we mean it's available today. Yeah. I, I I'd be down. I'm, I'm always, I'm always looking, all about it. Yeah. Um, and well, obviously if that happens, uh, whatever we're in the middle of, I'm fine. Once we finish that to jump right back into that season, do that. And then, yeah. move on yeah that'll be the game plan um i know we haven't had that happen yet um yep. so and I, I expect either i expect castlevania to be the first thing that happens too though though however um could also be seven know, deadly sins like seven deadly well sins. i was gonna say seven deadly sins the last the final seat was coming up apparently this i guess this is kind of a news topic and of course where we do like we do on the rva returners podcast we find something at the last minute it's like oh yeah by the way um <laughs> But I know the last season 
uh, what is now the final season of Seven Deadly Sins has started. Oh, it has started? Uh, yeah, it has started. From what I understand, there are a couple episodes in. Like being made or? Or like You can viewing. watch it. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so that will... That like, might... From what I understand, like, it's premiered. From what I understand, it's premiered. I guess it's on whatever simulcast services out there. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll have yeah, to look or, into that. It's in Japan. Yeah, I'll have to look in, more into that. But I read an article that, like, the, set, the final season has premiered. Okay. Well, for now, we're just going to be doing Grave of the Fireflies and Demon yep. City Shinjuku. Um, yeah. And so even, yeah. even that, that, that's exactly what we're doing until that season's over. Because, I, again, these next couple weeks, I'm going to be hammered drunk. That's right. And uh, so, yeah, guys, just look forward to next week's episode. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening. I am Cody Snodgrass. And I am Chris Adams. Good night!